This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. And now Mark Shifley needs to score. The Leafs win the game. Right-handed shot, wheeling in from the left side. Slows, stops, shoots, and misses. And the Leafs will win it in a shootout. 2-1 the final score in the shootout. The Leafs uh, continue their winning ways as they win two in Winnipeg against the Jets. And now it's on to Calgary. Jim Taddy, Kristen Shilton, and Jimmy Ralph with you. This is the Ontario Subaru Dealers postgame show. There's nothing like spring showers to remind you about Subaru's all-weather drive event. I'm now at your local Subaru dealer. Shop safely. Book your appointment to Adventure On. Bit of an adventure on in Winnipeg tonight, Ralphie. Um, that was uh, you know a, a great ending for the Leafs. Uh, they had power play opportunities, but the power play just could not catch fire. What's your read of what's happening? Uh, on the power play? It, yeah. uh, we were saying that it didn't appear that at any time, even on the four-on-three, that Austin Matthews was in position for a one-timer. It seemed like he was always in position to simply give the puck back to where it came. And that's something that I found to be a little strange. I thought that would be the move. I mean, I mean even though teams read it now, uh, they do the same thing with Ovechkin and Steven Stamkos. And uh, the guys shoot the puck so well that sometimes it doesn't matter whether you know it's coming or not. So uh, for me, it was, you know, again, the, the mentality of trying to pass the puck into the net. I know there was a power play in the second period that uh, uh, Morgan Riley fired a shot from the point. Uh, or I guess that was the third period. Fired a shot from the point, and it was blocked, and they almost gave up an odd man rush the other way. And you go, okay, there you go. You say you got to fire pucks from the point, get traffic in front. And, and it almost cost them the other way. So it uh, you get the feeling, I don't know, maybe they get one, they get 20, but it's nice to know that you can win games when the specialty teams aren't going on your side. Ralphie, are you surprised that Jack Campbell is 8-0-0 with a 9.51 save percentage on the season so far? Yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you this, Chris, as much as I was impressed with him last year, uh, I don't know if I would have predicted this. I mean, I... I think, uh, you know, you remember when he came in, uh, the Leafs got beat in New York against the Rangers. Uh, Michael Hutchinson had a tough start. They made the trade for Jack Campbell. He plays Friday at home uh, and wins. Then he goes Saturday in Montreal, loses in overtime, and then got on a pretty good roll before losing two games in California before the the season shut down. Uh, And you thought, you know what, there was enough that you saw of him. You you thought, you know, he could be a guy that uh, could maybe play you know, 30 to, you know, maybe 30 games for the Leafs and, and give Freddie Anderson a little more time off. But uh, I think when you look at it, he was a first-round pick to Dallas before it didn't work out there. He only got into one game of the Stars before going to L.A. and uh, eventually here in Toronto. And uh, like you say, a lot of times, the one thing holding a guy back from being a number one goaltender is an opportunity. And uh, playing behind Jonathan Quick, he didn't get it in Los Angeles, but he's made the most of it here. He has, and uh, there was that save in the uh, in the third period that you thought, oh, no, it looked like an injury. What was your read on that? Well, and then we got on one of the cameras, it looked as though Michael Hutchinson was stretching. And that's when you, that, I, you know, I agree with Joe that if uh, you're going to see Hutchinson one of the uh, uh, the two games in Calgary against the Flames. And uh, uh, I, I think what, uh, like Joe said, you might want to uh, give – Jack Campbell the extra day off. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. But, yeah, there was that, that moment of, oh, no, uh, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with having two guys competing and healthy and, and both capable, but uh, when you lose both of them, that's obviously um, going to be a point of concern for the Leafs. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if the Campbell is able to practice with the Leafs tomorrow. That's usually very telling. Um, what did you think? It's almost like a juxtaposition of how the first line played tonight for Toronto versus the second line. I thought the Tavares line really seemed to struggle. What was your take on them? Yeah, you know what, Kristen, I agreed with you. The, or, uh, no, it's not agreed. It's like in the past. I still do. <laughs> but the uh, what I was amazed at was uh, when you look at the final ice times. Tavares, 20 minutes and 18 seconds. He hasn't hit the 20-minute mark off in this season. And Nylander was 19-29. Uh, Galchenyuk thirteen fifty, so it. Uh, I was a little more surprised when it was done because I thought I thought they really struggled in the first period. They didn't generate a shot on goal, and uh, didn't really seem to have much uh, possession time in the offensive zone. Um, although Galchenyuk did have a great chance in the third period when he rattled one off the post. So I, I thought at times as the game went on they looked a little better, um, but to say they were dominant by any stretch. You'd probably have to say, uh, no, it was the big boys once again that showed the most for Toronto. And yet on the Winnipeg side, uh, even though they had some great opportunities, Shifley, the great setup to uh, uh, Connor that uh, Campbell made that great save off, uh, their big boys were probably quieter than we've seen them in a while as well as they only get two goals in two games. I'd like your take on the uh, the overtime with the, the Jets going with uh, consecutive shifts of all forwards. What do you think of that? Oh, you mean uh, from the Leafs side? Uh, no, well, the Jets the, the Jets uh, started with the forward line. They oh, didn't have right. The defenseman. Oh, and, and sorry. The, the... I thought you meant the Leaf power play, which was four yeah. forwards. Yeah, it's yeah. – uh, I, I guess – I don't know whether you maybe uh, – you go to cap friendly and say, okay, these are the guys that are starting. You know, <laughs> that's – Who's making what? Get out there and win it for us. That's what we got you for. Uh, but that, that was certainly what the Leaf power play was about. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, uh, I, I think the Leafs are fortunate that you can throw Morgan Riley out. Um, you know, there's that offensive side to him and, and a good playmaker that you can put out with Matthews and Marner. But uh, you certainly don't mind some teams saying, you know what, it's all about puck possession. As long as we win the draw, we've got the advantage at the start. But... Um, I guess, you know, as it goes on, you try to figure out what works for you and what gives you the best opportunity to win a hockey game. Well, when you look at uh, the power play, there's a lot to pick apart there, but the penalty kill seems to have rounded a corner, perhaps, seems to have found a bit more of a groove. What do you see out of them on a a night like this? Uh, I think they're playing uh, tighter to the puck. They're not collapsing and allowing uh, the guys at the point uh, to move in or sift around and get shots through, and I, th- I really think that's where uh, the Leafs seem to get into trouble, and even, you know, the the power play goal when the play scored a couple of nights ago, uh, it was a matter of allowing the defenseman time to take the puck. It was Morris, he took it, sort of dragged it to the middle of the ice and let it go, and I think that the, the forwards have been much more aggressive up high and not allowing them to do that, And um, but as they always say, your, your best penalty killer is your goaltender, and I think... Uh, Jack Campbell has still probably been their best penalty killer over this more successful stretch. Ralphie, going back to those three wins in Edmonton, since that 13 games, 6-6-1, six, six, and one, and most of the six in the win column has come recently, what's your read on, on where they are You know, a week before the trade deadline? Uh, I, I like them um, You know, up until they scored the first goal. And you thought, you know what, they're, they're playing. 
I thought, as they did earlier in the year when they were winning hockey games, where it was, we're not going to gamble. It's going to be defense first. Uh, everybody pulls out of the zone. If, if you're not 100% sure, you can make the play. And right after the Leafs go up one nothing, Jake Muzzin gets caught 2-on-1 for Winnipeg. Fortunately, they don't score on it. And then Morgan Riley is thinking forward instead of back. Uh, he gets caught, and that's where the the Winnipeg Jets were able to tie it. So that was that was the one concern I had, and I and I couldn't really figure out uh, other than the fact that the Leafs got a little bit greedy and thought, you know what, let's put them away, and uh, let's start to gamble a little bit. So uh, as far as where they are, they uh, not quite as airtight, I think, as they were against the Edmonton Oilers, but. A lot of that could be as well that the Winnipeg Jets have maybe a little more depth up front, not more talent overall. <laughs> That's I'm not start I'm not start any kind of controversy here. Just uh, probably, you know, two numbers. Just, let me, one just let me finish my oh, tweet here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> please, please end it with LOL. <laughs> I'm going to start it with LOL. <laughs> That's what this moron just said. <laughs> Well, what kind of a you know, you look at these last four games for or, or last five games for Toronto? They they're giving up points though in these these overtime shootout games. Do you do you think that's going to come back to bite them? Given how this this uh, division is developing? Well, I mean, I guess the way you look at it is uh, they gave up a point to Edmonton, but took three out of four. Give up a point to Winnipeg and and take all four. So uh, you know, as as long as you know by the end of the season you're on the right side of the column. Uh, I think there are a lot of games that uh, you say that you know could have gone either way in the third period, and nobody gets anything. So I think you're pretty happy with them. You know, it's now it's just a matter of saying, uh, you know, especially going into Winnipeg. I, I think you know Winnipeg comes into Toronto and takes five out of six. They they only lose one in overtime, and you're absolutely thrilled with it. So um, yeah, from a Leaf standpoint, you know, especially on the road, uh, take them and run. Ralphie, thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right. Text me when you get home. Yes. <laughs> uh, running gag. Anyway, uh, Kristen, uh, you know the two-one win. Uh, you know was they should have won easier, but but they didn't. And and I, you know, I I guess you want to give credit to the Jets who really pushed back big tonight as well, right? Yeah, I think uh, as we talked about uh, earlier tonight, the fact that they. Not that they used it as an excuse, but there was definitely a sense that that game on Wednesday was them coming off a long road trip. They're you know they're tired. They're getting back home, and everything is uh, everything can feel a little wonky for a team when they're coming off a long road trip. So there was a bit of that caveat to the the three one win for Toronto on Wednesday, but tonight you know there was absolutely no asterisks next to that. Uh, I think just a solid performance overall by the Leafs. Great goaltending from Jack Campbell, obviously. Uh, and you've, you've just got to feel good about it. I think if you're the Leafs, you've got to look at these two games and say, hey, our biggest competition, arguably, perhaps inarguably at this point, for top spot in the division, we just took two games from them. We just, you know, yeah, they, uh, you know, the Jets get a point tonight. But it's the loser point. The Leafs are walking away with four, uh, and they're getting on a plane to Calgary, and you're feeling pretty good. Uh, this is uh, the type of, of team, the caliber of team that they're going to see in the playoffs, and you want to measure yourself against them now and, and know, A, where you're at, and B, what you need to do to be even better uh, for the next time you meet. Yeah, and, and of course, uh, you know, you, you catch your breath when you see Campbell on that one save. So so putting two and two together, we could now surmise that 
both goalies have an injury on the same side. Does that make sense? Yes, it does seem like there's uh, there is some symmetry in that sense, um, but you know, you also uh, I don't believe that Campbell has has talked yet post game, uh, but you don't want to overreact and you, you don't want to read too much into things if you don't have to. Uh, definitely, though, it's whatever he's dealing with. We thought it was that side, so um, originally, not that Campbell got into the details of it too much, and uh, you know if there's just that uh, that moment where you're kind of holding your breath especially i mean if frederick anderson was was available right now with how campbell's playing and based on how anderson was playing before he made his exit i mean are you playing anderson right now i don't know that you are i don't know why you would be playing anyone but jack campbell right now so it will be important to manage him i don't particularly know why he would practice tomorrow I think the Leafs are scheduled too, but I don't know why Campbell would. Uh, I would just let him rest and uh, maybe even have Hutchinson start the first half of this back-to-back and then have Campbell go in uh, in the second half and reassess uh, from there. But you you have to be cautious and make sure that whatever decisions you make where Campbell's concerned, you have the long game in mind for this season because you just don't know with Anderson at this point when he's going to be back and what kind of shape he's going to be in when he does step back in. Well, true enough. When he does come back, uh, he's got to play. He's got to play three or four games just to to get his rhythm and timing and lateral mm-hmm. movement all down. And uh, you know that's the the real trick with with both these uh, goalies is is the the injuries and we don't know exactly what they are, but they do impede their their lateral movement. And when you go back in, in your memory of how Campbell played tonight, his lateral movement was superb. Yeah, really, I, I thought the, the only real point in the game where I thought, wow, he's, he's kind of getting away from what he does well is when the goal went in, when we talked yeah. about that in the second intermission, when he overplayed it, and that was just, it's not very like Campbell to do that. I thought the rest of the time, uh, you know, he he's making those big, making those acrobatic saves in the third, just saving uh, the Leafs bacon over and over uh, for all the, the turnovers and the giveaways in their own end there uh, when the Jets really started to push uh, you you see still the way that he's moving and and how how he's still able to almost like he's staying far back enough in his net that he's not giving up too much but at the same time he's still able to move so well so that's part of uh, obviously when you know he's on top of his game just uh, you know some stellar stellar stops Uh, I'm sure that uh, the Leafs are, are saying exactly that about him right now as we speak but it's it i thought so those sequences in the third it just seemed like the the jets were going to score and somehow campbell just kept everything out and uh, that's impressive especially if he is dealing if he was feeling not 100 percent, it's even more impressive Leafs win a 2-1 over the Jets in a shootout. This is Leafs game night, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the TSN and iHeartRadio apps, and the Leafs radio network. So Spezza, who is 27 of 75, in on the right side, trying to settle a rolling puck, jams it in! That was about the worst artistic move I think I've ever seen. The puck was rolling. He tried to get it to settle down. He couldn't. And finally, at the last second, he makes a move. And it's a, it rolls off his stick, but he jams it in between the post and, and the skate. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the game-winning goal in the shootout by Spezza. It is the TSN Turning Point brought to you by Hockey Helps the Homeless. Assist them on their goal to shut out homelessness by visiting clc21.ca to donate because hockey tournament or not, the cause is bigger than the game. And in a night like this where the margins are slim, Kristen, you'll take it, won't you? Well, absolutely will, I think, especially with uh, the schedule that the Leafs have and, and coming up, especially after their breaks, they're going to be playing a lot of hockey. And I suspect that uh, coming off this road trip after they play their two in Calgary, they've got a couple at home and they're back on the road. So especially when you're up against these tough teams uh, and teams that uh, you haven't played in a while, they hadn't seen Winnipeg in several weeks uh, it just you you have to uh take advantage of wherever you can just to to put pucks in and that was a, a spezza move that only spezza would make in the shootout to to <laughs> wait for Connor. i mean who has that level of patience look at austin matthews rolling in after him just firing it wide because you're just you, you got to be patient sometimes you got to wait for your opening so uh, you know, 15 years in the league teaches you uh, a couple of things. So I thought it was very fitting. Let's call it a, a fitting way to end that one after the uh, the back and forth affair that it was. Yeah, kind of a punctuation mark, if you will. Exactly. Here's Jason. Here's Jason Spets a post game. Jason, there was some uh, patience on the shootout move. What did you see coming in there? Take us through your your thought process. Yeah, it wasn't what I originally planned. Uh, as soon as I kind of got a touch on it, it's rolled up on edge. So at that point, you just want to take your time and was able to settle it uh, by the time I got to, to Hellebuck and uh, then just you know, tried to make a good move and outweighed him and uh, lucky went in. What do you like about how the team approached this game? It had a bit of a playoff feel, and you knew the Jets were going to push back. What stood out about the team's performance tonight? Yeah, you know, we didn't like our first period, but we got out of it uh, even. And then I thought we had a great second period, uh, played really well, probably deserved to be up even a couple, and uh, and then just stayed disciplined. I think we're showing good maturity as a team, staying in these games, and uh, it's a tough building to win in. And, you know, to, to come out and get four points, it's uh, it's important for us, and thought it showed some good growth for us to stay patient. Next up, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Uh, Jason, not sure if you've been told that uh, you made it into the top 100 uh, scores in NHL history with that uh, assist tonight. Uh, can you comment on, on joining that elite group? Yeah, obviously, uh, anytime you get stuff like that, they're huge honors. But, uh, you know, when you're playing, you just keep playing. And those are things you look at maybe when you're done. But uh, obviously, huge honor to be, you know, in that group. But uh, I'm still playing, so I'm just going to keep going. And uh, we'll get a chance to look at all that stuff when we're done. And last one here, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Jason, you played on some terrific hockey teams in your time in this league. Where do these guys rate in your books in terms of the teams you've played on? We're definitely improving. We're definitely figuring out how to win games. And we definitely are a team that's determined to try to continue to get better. So a lot of great signs, too early to compare to any teams. But we obviously know we're a good hockey club. I think that's why we've come with such a good approach to every night. And um, we're maturing as a group. We're, we're showing that we can be patient in games like this. And in other games, we're showing we can you know, kind of ramp it up if we have to and uh, showing great strides as a team. So we just keep building. and. Uh, you know, we like where we're at, but we have to keep going, and we have some areas we think we can be better at. So great potential with this group. And sorry, one more here. We'll go to Chris Johnson, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Jason, just wondering why you think Jack Campbell's been able to play as well as he has in the games he's been in this year. Well, I think it's, it's confidence. Obviously, I think, uh, you know, he's a guy that 
you know, when he's come in, he's played really well, and then you start, you know, feeling good about your game, and he's got such a positive attitude, went through a really tough stretch with injuries, and came back and just really focused. I think we're, we're playing good in front of him, but he's also made some big saves at key times. So, uh, you know, hockey's about confidence, and I think he gives us confidence right now. We're giving him confidence, uh, trying to keep things to the outside, and, and just uh, a guy that's really benefiting from getting a little momentum here. That is Jason's bets of postgame, two on the least winning the shootout on his shootout goal. So, Kristen, we're talking about numbers, and, and, you know, the couple that jump off the page are Jack Campbell, 8-0-0, all games this season. And as I said to Ralphie, um, after the three-game sweep in Edmonton, the Leafs go 6-6-1 in the next 13, and a lot of the six on the plus side lately. And, and in some of the games, like, you wouldn't be overwhelmed uh, they were playing well, but not dominating. I mean, you're not going to do the the three games in Edmonton again unless you sweep somebody in the playoffs, and you never count on that happening. But but, but they're adding layers. They're figuring out how to win games that I'm not going to say they, they shouldn't win, but they're persevering, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I think one of the uh, things that really held the Leafs back last year was that they could only win games one way. And everything kind of had to align and go their way. And as soon as it didn't, you just saw the Leafs start to disintegrate every single time. Some games were worse than others, but there was a formula to how the game needed to play out in order for them to be successful. And I thought during that streak, the uh, the one six streak uh, in March, there was a bit of a an element of that where games weren't really going their way, and then the results seemed to to fall away as well. But what we've seen in these two games against Winnipeg is it wasn't just a clear-cut formula for how they had to go about their game in order to play to be successful. They had struggles in the second period in both games, but they stuck with it. Even when they were maybe stymied in the offensive zone, they didn't stop playing good defense. Even when in the third period tonight, for example, when the Jets are really pressing, uh, yeah, they got some huge saves from Jack Campbell, but there was no panic. And you could see that they weren't making silly plays with the puck so much. They weren't, uh, you know, there weren't the hallmarks that we've seen from the Leafs where uh, it's just sort of like stand there and watch it happen and, and no one's making an effort. There, There's an effort. There's an urgency. There's a maturity uh, with this group that I, I think comes through when they play these good teams. They play up to their competition for whatever reason. They They find a way to get to that next level when it feels like, who they're going up against is uh, is a, uh, a let's call them a, a real playoff contender, and that's what we've seen against Edmonton. We've seen it against Winnipeg. Uh, this is you know now the Leafs have beat every team in their division at least twice. So that's uh, you know that really says something I think about their consistency, and that's uh, what is I think allowing them to be so successful this year in comparison to last year where they were really falling short of expectations. Uh, another stat, uh, just to, to show you the difference maybe in a year's time, I'd like your reaction. Tonight they were out hit 38-17. In the past, if you if you bodied the Leafs, you owned the Leafs. That doesn't seem to be much of a deterrent anymore, does it? No, not so much. And and that's another element I could have mentioned about, about last year, too. When, you know, teams that played them really physically who could frustrate them and knock them off pucks, that was definitely uh, a, a good way to ensure a victory over Toronto. They just because at that point you just see them be hesitant, right? They didn't yep. used to like getting knocked around. They didn't like having to take those 
uh, get in the, in those positions where guys were going to be playing them tough. But even uh, you know a star like Austin Matthews, he's gotten so much physical attention this year, and he just keeps going. He just keeps fighting back. There's no, uh, you just don't see them backing down uh, from that physical play. Now that doesn't mean they're going to go out and start throwing the body. It's not their game. No matter how much toughness, quote unquote, you you bring in. It's not what the least star players do best. It's not what they're comfortable doing. And there's, you know, I always think back to that very first game of the year against Edmonton where the Leafs tried to be a team that was different than who they are. And what happened? Yeah. It was a sleepy, slow, dull game that they lost. And it just doesn't make sense to not be who you are. So the, the good thing is that they've learned how to withstand that physical pressure. They've learned how to adjust so that they're not thrown off by it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to, uh, you know, start, uh, you know, manufacturing too much of a physical presence that takes away from what their real strengths are. Yeah, I mean, the toughness is playing through the, the physical play on the other team. I mean, the whole reason the other team's trying to do that is is to get, your off your, get you off your game. And if it's not working, then, then it's not effective, right? Well, exactly. And the other thing is, it's hard to keep that up for an entire game. Like if you're you, you can be a really physical team, but uh, the Leafs, the pace that they play at, the offense that they bring, I mean, that's hard enough to keep up with. Like, let's be honest. I mean, for another team to, uh, you know, no matter how much you know firepower you have, and certainly Edmonton and, and Winnipeg have a lot of it, um, it, it, the pace that the Leafs play at, I mean, they're going to tucker you out just from that. And so if you're always trying to slow them down by throwing hits and you're constantly trying to uh, bring that for three straight periods, I mean, it's it's going to still leave some openings for the Leafs to, to do what they want to do offensively because it's just, it's two, two things aren't going to continue on. One is going to overcome the other. And the way that the Leafs are playing this year, the way that they can, they can take their lumps, they can take the hits, which I noticed more in the first period than any other, then they just get going. They get their legs moving. They get gunning. They get into their their rush chances, and then suddenly, if you're a team that's tired itself out trying to hit them, you know you might find yourself on your heels in the third when you know they've still got their legs and they've still got their offense. So it's definitely a balance, and the Leafs uh, I think are making themselves harder to play against by cultivating that attitude of we know that teams are going to come and play us physically, but we're ready for it now mentally we're prepared for it and we have the ability to withstand that and continue playing our game without getting frustrated postgame sound now jake muzzin played 1941 tonight blocked three shots and obviously a big factor in anything the leafs do here he is postgame jake what do you like about how the team navigated this one well, I like how we responded in the second. We had obviously a slow start. They had a lot of opportunities. If it wasn't for soup, we'd be down early in the game. And, um, you know, we regrouped in between the first and the second. We came out with a good second. Uh, gave them a couple odd man rushes, uh, but we stayed with it. And uh, we found a way to get it done. You mentioned, Jack, how would you describe the way you played in the third period especially? Yeah, a couple huge saves late. Um, you know, both goalies had, had some big saves, and, and they, they kept everyone in it here. So uh, another great performance by soup especially in shootout, a uh, couple big saves, stayed with it, and he, he was great for us. We'll go to Mark Zielinski, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Mark. Jake, uh, how do you feel about the team's overall defensive play and uh, taking two wins from a team that's right behind you in the standings? Yeah, it was a good team effort. Um, 
you know, I think we defended a little too much uh, tonight in the first, like I said. Um, you know, but we, we did a good job at navigating our way through it. Um, you know, it was a full team effort on, on defense, but led by our goalie for sure. So uh, we got to help them out. We got to be a little bit better in front of them, and uh, we'll look to get better at that. Next up, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Jake, how'd you like the power play uh, time you got tonight, and uh, how much of that have you played in the past? <laughs> what was the second part? Sorry. How much power play time have you played uh, in the past? Um, I play. <laughs> I played. Uh, Quite a bit when I was coming up a little bit, so um, it was good. I haven't been on in a while. It was nice to get out there a few touches, so hopefully we can capitalize coming up. Jake Buzzin on the power play, 126 tonight, so looking for new looks, right? Absolutely. I I, I think that anything that Sheldon Keefe and Melly Mahultra can think up about the power play, just it's like just throw it. Throw it at the wall. See if it sticks. There's, there's, there's no way that it can get any worse at this point. So you may as well just try. And I think Muzzin, uh, he, he's a great option there. They, but it's, it's still it's baffling because Muzzin should be just as good as Brody. Should be just as good as Riley at generating those chances from the point, putting pucks through traffic. Uh, but the real the real game changer needs to be what's happening in the middle. It's not even so much about the net front because the puck's not even getting to the net. It's really right. about what's happening in the middle. It's those three guys, uh, you know, whoever's in the bumper and on the wings, like they've got to be the ones uh, who are making something happen because that's where the Leafs are stalling out. It's the puck is just not getting there. And uh, it's, as I was saying, kind of in the second intermission, it, it can't just be a hot potato where it's like, no, you do it, you do it, you do it. Someone take the shot. Someone may, and if it's got to be Muzzin at the point, if it's got to be, put five forwards out there. Forget the D-man. Try that. I mean, you may as well. Give it a shot. Um, the, you know, they had four, you know, they had four forwards out there for the power play in overtime. They had Tavares, Nylander, Matthews, and Riley, or sorry, Matthews and Marner. So, it's you know i'm not actually saying they're going to do that a regular power play but it's you've got to try something different you've got to mix up the personnel because at a certain point i mean this is just it's hurting you it's really putting you in a bad spot when you've got three or four power plays in a game five power plays in the game on wednesday and you're not capitalizing it's just leaving too much to chance I like that overtime look. So the Jets roll two sets of lines with without a defenseman, uh, got a penalty, and then the Leafs in the power play had all forwards. And I, I, that's what overtime's all about, isn't it? Well, it should be against a team like like the Jets. I mean, I I think that Sheldon Keefe absolutely made the right call, even though it didn't work out. Um, obviously, in generating a power play goal, but if your best players, your you know your forty five million dollars players combined they should be on the ice in that moment they should be and and that's what i i admire about keith as a coach i mean he might take criticism for it at times but he's very committed to like the stars are the stars and i'm going to play them i'm going to play them hard i'm not worried about managing their minutes i'm not worried about managing you know this or that he, he's not a micromanager uh like mike babcock was he just is saying these are the guys that are supposed to be our best players go be our best players, go make the difference. And and if they don't do it, hey, at least, you know, you don't have Austin Matthews sitting on the bench watching your team get scored on being like, well, why wasn't Matthews out there? You'd rather get scored on with those guys on the ice than have them on the bench 
and not give yourself the best chance to win. So uh, I, I think that there's there's a lot of hockey left in this uh, in this month coming up, obviously, and into May. But you you don't want to think about not you you don't want to look back and think oh I should have played them more as opposed to not playing them enough. Yeah, on the way out, just some ice times. Morgan Riley, 25-39. Austin Matthews, 23-15. Those are the two top Leafs. 2-1, the Leafs win in a shootout over the Winnipeg Jets. This is Leafs game night. TSN 1050, TSN 1050.ca, the TSN and IR radio apps, and the Leafs radio network. Back to the blue line. Vagosian a drive. That didn't make it through. Grabbed off by Spezza. Dropped past Dermott. And a quick shot. Scores! Was it deflected halfway through? Dermott let the shot go from the blue line, and I think it's going to be him. It may have gone off a Winnipeg player, but the Maple Leafs have a 1-0 lead, and new markets. Dermott has got them on the board. Travis Dermott with that goal, his second of the season. That happens at 5:16 of the second period after a scoreless first, and for Travis Dermott, some concern about his ice time, 7.58 in the last game today, 14.08. And, I mean, if they could do that in the power play, I mean, the speed is what creates the goal. There's there's nothing about the shot. Sure, it was accurate, but he just ripped it, and, and uh, I don't think anybody was expecting it. So maybe that's an element they could put in the power play. Yes, the element of surprise would also <laughs> be out. Maybe put Dermott on the power play. That's the key. Put dirt. No one will expect him to take the shot. He can. I'm telling you, this this is what I'd be doing in the least power play meeting. I would just be throwing everything out there, being like, "What about this guy, Ilya Mikheyev? Put him at the point. He can't score from in tight. Maybe he can score from the blue line. Who knows? Uh, no, it's it. It was just what Dermot did. Is is he just puts the puck towards the net? And yes, there has to be a, a certain amount of things that go right for that to actually go in. But it's the first step. The first thing you've got to do to score a goal is to take the shot, as Wayne Gretzky tells us. Uh, yep. So it, it really it's it's so simple and it's so easy to say it. Obviously, I mean, I'm sitting here telling you what I would do, but of course, it's uh, it, it's not that simple. And and they're seeing something different. Of course, they're you know they they want to pick a lane that they think they can score from. They don't want the puck obviously to hit somebody and rebound and and then you know you're sending the other team off on a two-on-one you don't want that either and and so there's a lot of strategy involved it's not nearly as easy as we make it uh as we make it sound when we talk about it but the Dermot goal was just a great example of how things um can play out positively just by putting a puck towards the net and uh, that's what worked out for them it's got to also be a little boost for Dermot just knowing that his ice time has not uh, been probably what he wants it to be. And I think that can always be a little bit disconcerting for a young player. You start to question yourself, but uh, for him to get a goal and, and to contribute, I, I think that's got to feel good for him. All right, the Leafs win 2-1 in a shootout, and here is Coach Sheldon Keith. Hey, Sheldon, be a little, little bit odd to ask this right off the bat, but was there any frustration for you that there wasn't a penalty on the Austin hit in overtime on Matthews? Uh, be honest, Terry, I, I actually missed it myself, um, but there was okay. a lot of frustration on the bench uh, um, with the, the guys who did see it. Um, and just, you know, hard to, hard to really know what else you can call with talking with Jack Campbell now, but I'll, I'll put that challenge to you, Sheldon, another good night for him in the net and, uh, you know, getting his record 8-0 here and the poise and everything that he's playing with, what do you say about his performance tonight? <laughs> 
Just outstanding. I mean, you can just see his confidence growing, and you can see the uh, you know the team's confidence in him uh, in him growing as well. Um, so yeah, it's just just terrific. I mean, he's playing in the game tonight that with virtually no room for for error, and uh, you know, he was there. Um, I don't know, you know, all the breakdowns we had today, which I thought we had too many of, and yeah, he's just he's really good. Obviously, a huge reason why we get points here tonight. Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Sheldon, uh, uh, again, uh, almost the same thing, except in reverse. If, if Jack Campbell is uh, defying the odds in net, maybe your power play is defying the odds by failing to score despite a number of really good chances again tonight. What's your take on, on what's going on there? Better better just to leave them alone maybe, or uh, or what's going on in your mind? Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of different things in terms of trying to be able to fix it. Uh, one of the things that we committed to was just you know, we've changed we've changed it a lot uh, here the last while uh, in trying to find something that would work. And you know, as you know, in the first game against Winnipeg, obviously we we decided to kind of load up one unit and, and give that a go, and 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 thought it actually in a lot of ways got worse. Um, and then we just want to give it some time to breathe here a little bit with, uh, you know, with, with settling in consistent units. We told the guys we're not changing it. Uh, we're not changing anything. Get comfortable with who you're playing with. Get comfortable together and find a way through it. Uh, in terms of today's game, I thought it was uh, the issues or the things that would break down in the power play today are a lot different than what they were the other night. The other night we spent a lot of time in the zone, just didn't penetrate well, didn't move the puck well, didn't get off the boards uh, well. So right, we lost face-offs, uh, had to break out a lot, uh, couldn't gain entry. It's a different different story for us here tonight. But, uh, you know, we'll continue to, to talk about it internally, but really think we just got to you know, let it breathe a little bit here and, and as, as tough as it is because it's been piling up. You know, we've, uh, we believe in our guys and, and we believe it will turn. We just got to stay with it and not overthink it. Next up, we'll go to Chris Johnson, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Sheldon, you've spoken with a lot of respect about the, the team the Jets have. You know, what does it mean for you guys to go in there and, and get four points from those two games? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, they, I think uh, you know they'd probably look at it and think that there's a lot of a lot of reasons why they they could have had uh, you know they could have won regulation, could have got two points here today. They're a good team that makes it harder on us. Um, so for our team, you know, to to stay with it, you know, to get the the two points. Really on the backs of a, an outstanding start in the first game, and then here tonight we struggled in the first period. I thought had a, a great second period. Um, yet you're still tied going into the third. And I thought obviously we had terrific goaltending, and it's enough for us to get to get to overtime. Yeah, you know. So I, I think when I look at it, really it's a win and a tie for me out here. And then you know, we find a way to win the skills competition to get the extra point, which is obviously important. Um, but yeah, was, we just come away from these two games with, I think, an even greater respect uh, for their team and what they're capable of and just how good we need to be able to be to, to beat them in regulation. And last two here, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Sheldon, what has allowed Jason Spezza to consistently produce offense, even though he's not playing the same, obviously, that he did back in his heyday? 
uh, talent, obviously, is the biggest thing, and he continues to work out his game so that talent stays sharp. So when there's opportunities to produce offense, uh, you know, he can take advantage of it. And I think, you know, uh, you know where he's at now in his career, he's playing lower in the lineup for us, which I think um, does create some opportunities. Uh, you know, in terms of matchups at different times. You know, I don't think, you know, early in his career, teams go in and they talk a, a great deal about trying to shut down Jason Spezza. Um, I don't, and I think things have turned here. There's obviously other people that they're they're focused on and worried about. So, um, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, has the ability to make a difference for us lower in the lineup and the matchups and the ice time that we give him, uh, I think, uh, you know, gives him that chance to make a difference down there. And last one here, we'll go to Lance Hornby. Toronto Sun, go ahead, Lance. Uh, Sheldon, last time we were at West, you had the two great games against Edmonton and a bit of a letdown when you got to Vancouver. Uh, how important heading into Calgary now is uh, not to do that? Obviously very important, something we need to learn from. It's a little bit different here. We're, the last time out, it was a back-to-back. We had to travel and go play in Vancouver, so no excuses uh, for us here. We've got to regroup and, uh, you know, we got to – Right into another to play another Calgary team that's that's played us hard in, in the games just like here in Vancouver or here in Winnipeg, excuse me, um, are very close and it's tight games, tight checking. Got to find got to find and work ways uh, work to to, to uh, get offense, get to the net, and they make it hard for you to find ways to do that. Uh, so yeah, we're going to have to to regroup here, get a little bit of rest, and be ready to go. Sheldon Keith post game. So talking about some giveaways and but supporting his players, uh, not panicking with any kind of moves, Kristen. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised, honestly, to hear that. I think sometimes when the going is tough, that's when you as a coach have to uh, be willing to look at your players and say, you know what, I, I believe in you guys. I, I trust that you are going to be the ones who turn it around and messing with the the um setups again and and trying something new i I don't think that would get them where they want to go in terms of their forwards like you know you're you want to try muzzin or or brody or whomever at the point that's one thing but these guys who have uh been on this power on these power play units the whole season i mean you're not going to start suddenly throwing out you know engvall and and mckayev in there i mean that doesn't make any sense so uh, you need the vote of confidence. You need to know that the coach believes in you, and uh, it certainly seems like uh, Keefe is uh, is going to do that, and that's, uh, I think, the right move. Leafs win a 2-1 and a shootout. This is Leafs Game Night, TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. <laughs> Leafs Game Night, final segment, 2-1, the Leafs win in a shootout in Winnipeg against the Jets. The stars in this game in ascending order, the number three star was Spetsa, the number two star was Hellebuck, and the number one star was Campbell. And so, you know, we talked in the pregame about uh, Hellebuck and having the best goaltender. Tonight it was uh, pretty well a draw that way, but it goes to show you how little wiggle room there is in these type of games with your goalies. I mean, they really can't make a mistake. No, and that's actually what I was thinking as well And when I was watching the third period because we talked about Campbell and, and how good he was, but Hellebuck had to make some big stops, especially uh, in the first, and, and I thought he was really good throughout. It's it's a shame almost when you have two goaltenders playing really well that it comes out comes down to a shootout. It's one, one goal yeah. goes in, and that's what decides the outcome, and that can be, I would imagine, very frustrating if you're a goalie who's played great. Uh, that that's how it ends, um, but uh, that's the rules and that's how we go. But 
it, it when you think ahead to what a playoff series could look like and how important that goaltending is going to be, uh, whoever the Leafs are playing, it just shows you whether it's Ed, whether it's those games against Edmonton, you know, a couple of those go to overtime. Now this one goes to the shootout. It just shows you that there it's wafer thin. It's it's an eyelash worth of difference between uh, the the caliber of these goaltenders. So it comes down to what you're doing, obviously, in front of uh, them. And the Leafs, uh, I can't remember who said it. I think it was uh, Muzzin said that uh, the Leafs have been playing better in front of Campbell. And certainly that's true. They've played much better in these last two games than they did uh, for a lot of uh, the time against Edmonton. But at the same time, I mean, if Anderson's not back soon, then Hutchinson's going to have to get in a few more games here. And the Leafs need to bring the same energy and the same urgency uh, and play the same way in front of him that they do in front of Campbell. And that could uh, dictate a lot of these outcomes that Hutchinson, if he does have to play more, uh, that that he's going to have. Because Campbell, Campbell gets the Leafs best. I don't think there's any question about that. And Hutchinson is going to need the same level of help if he's, uh, we know he's going to play most likely one of these next two for sure. But even beyond that, if Anderson is out for uh, an even more extended period. It's almost like a dare. I mean, so you have Campbell and we know his problem and, and we have Freddie Anderson. We're, we're aware, but we don't know exactly what his problem is. But the trade deadline is, uh, you know, a week and a half away. And, and I don't see the Leafs getting a goalie at the trade deadline. That never seems to work for anybody anyway. So, I mean, they're just you have to cross your fingers and hope it works out. Well, I mean, if you think about how difficult it would be to integrate a skater in a season like this, especially if they have to quarantine for seven days. I mean, imagine trying to get a goalie at the last minute and then he has to quarantine for seven days and then suddenly he's got to come in. You've got to play him at some point before the playoffs. And it would just, I think it would just be a waste to be honest with you. Like it, unless you had absolutely no other choice, I just don't know how it could be successful for you given the parameters of the quarantine and then how little time there actually is between when you're done quarantining. If you trade for him tomorrow, he's still not available to you for a week to 10 days. I just don't know how you would ever get the values worth for for a goaltender um, unless it was something where you just had no choice. So uh, I don't even know if they could go down that road, the Leafs, and you're just crossing your fingers like every other team uh, in the league that you don't run into uh, a lot of goalie injuries after the deadline passes. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how this tracks forward. 2-1, the Leafs win in a shootout over Winnipeg. Thanks for joining us on Leafs Game Night, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the TSN and iHeartRadio apps, and good night to the Leafs Radio Network.